Welcome back to the Hesperia Radio Show, the show where we talk to you. We being, of course, me, Irving Douglas, your host. It is great to see you. Today's topic is a personal one. I was reminded of an interesting bio, The Other Soul, and I figured I'd share it with my listeners. This is all unbeknownst to my subject, of course, but it's a free city, more or less. Excuse me. Theodore Hughes is an Hesperia native, born and raised. Such things are not a rarity, of course, but I wanted to specify he is not some weirdo from the belt. Hughes is technically trained. He is an engineer who specializes in engines running deep space haulers and mining vessels. You might say he was an engineer. His last posting was on that most infamous of ships, the 17th iteration of the Arctan class, but I'll get to that. Hughes was born in the 30s, standard time. I won't specify the date to save him a modicum of privacy, but suffice to say he witnessed more than his fair share of our glorious revolution. Indeed, the MSR, that's the Martian Separatist Resistance for you propagandized Earthers, killed his wife. Not on purpose, they are not murderers, at least not murderers of their own people. Well, not many of their own... Okay, you know what, I can't defend them. Nobody can defend them, let's just move on. The MSR, in the last gasps of their war against the tyranny of the pale blue dot, uncovered a hidden cell of Earther loyalists back in the 50s. I think this event was 56 or 59, I I can't read my notes, but it was supposed to be a smash and grab. Take him in for questioning, and then deportation, or more likely, spacing. Martian justice moves pretty quickly, as you know. More on that in a future episode. You know how these things go. A firefight broke out and, simply put, Hughes's wife, Myra, was caught in it. Very pregnant at the time, a medicraft was called and Myra put in intensive care. She died in her sleep, unfortunately, but the baby survived. Claire Hughes, now a student of the past at the Hesperia Academy of Sciences. Some conjecture here, I submit Claire was moved to her field of study by her mother's fateful brush with history. She can correct me if I'm wrong, but regardless, I feel it's important to acknowledge another student of humanity's foibles, if only to steer us away from the more obvious pitfalls of our future. Anyway, I do not intend to delve deeply into Hughes's personal life. Quite the contrary, my interests are strictly professional. Theodore Hughes has seen more of the system than I ever hoped to. His piece regarding the Eye of Jupiter's moved quite a few folks, though it scared me off ever wanting to see that monstrosity. The rings of Saturn, though, there I do envy him. Through his travels, he earned a reputation as a genius, at least in his narrow field of expertise. No issue was too complex, no damage too violent to be rectified by his wrench, or plasma cutter, or whatever they use up there. I do not pretend to know. He has spent more time in artificial gravity than on planetary soil, though again, this is not unique in this day and age. But it is interesting. I couldn't bear myself to part ways with this rock for that much time anyway. But uh, I was born at the wrong time. Born too late to explore the system and too early to explore the galaxy. However, I will skip ahead. An account of each repair Hughes did over his storied career would doubtless be riveting, but the time involved would take several episodes. Arctan 17. 
Don't ask me about the math. I do not even have the faintest idea of what the nomenclature means. Just take it at face value. It's a name. The ship was to be the last of its kind. Its anti-grav drive was defective to the point where even Hughes couldn't fix it, but to his credit, he tried. Despite the captains urging them on, Hughes tried valiantly to shut the voyage down in an effort to avert catastrophe. Legend has it, this is hearsay mind you, but legend has it that he even worked outside the ship in an asteroid storm. I couldn't be caught dead in that. In fact, if I was caught in that, I would probably be dead. Good grief. These things have a way of coming to their own conclusions. I will discuss the ensuing mutiny and catastrophe in a future episode. The loss of our dearest Deimos deserves that much, I should think. However, thanks to Hughes's quick thinking, the next time his boots touched Martian soil, he was regarded as a hero. Later, after the dust had cleared. He made some highly illegal last-minute modifications to the ship's engines and AG, sorry, AG drive. As you can tell, I'm not well-versed in these terms. Now, I'm only about as familiar with Kepler as the average belt miner, but these edits slowed the ship from interplanetary projectile speed to a sedate freefall, enabling the crew to perform a crash landing and, while causing incredible damage, avoiding the infinite toll of lives lost. And unfortunately, that is where our story ends, right at the narrative zenith. Hughes's license was revoked revoked after the crash, and after a brief trial, he disappeared. Several interviews of the crew, Hughes included, were performed after the crash, but most were incomplete or irreverent, paying undue respect to the captain's valiant efforts and incredible capacity for leadership. Make no mistake, Hughes was the real hero here. I just thought he deserved a bit of recognition. Mr. Hughes, if you would like to discuss the incident, uh, or anything related to your travels other than Jupiter, please give me a ring. That's it for our show today, folks. Thank you for listening. Hesperia Radio Show is owned and operated by myself, Irving Douglas, acclaimed face of the radio and longtime citizen of Hesperia Megacity. It is broadcast from an undisclosed location, so please do not try to find me. Remember to keep Mars clean and put refuse in the designated incinerators. Thank you all, and good night.